Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to you lovely people who have decided to join in to listen to my podcast today. I hope your day has been doing very well. Now, before we jump into this main theme of this podcast, I'd like to give a little bit of a background on the purpose of this podcast and a small disclaimer. This podcast is a project for my world indigenous class, and we were given the tasks to choose a theme from our curriculum and to show how the theme has been used throughout the works and stories we have been introduced throughout the semester. Now, as for the short disclaimer, I don't have the best pronunciation of words, and I may mispronounce some of the words. I am by no means trying to be offensive by doing so, and I apologize for any mispronunciation of words on my part. Going back on the main subject here of the podcast, the theme that I chose was tricksters. For those of you who don't know what a trickster is, you may be wondering, what are tricksters? What role do they play in this whole theme? And why do they exist? A trickster is, in a way, a character that can take on a main role, or a side role, or a guide for helping the story progress. Their role is to either progress a story or give a reason for an action to an event in a story. Their actions help progress the story to move forward. And one of the main reasons as to why they exist in more of indigenous stories is for the main purpose that the roles or actions help give a reason as to why something has happened. In other words, a trickster's actions is done on a complete whim. An example we were given was during the lesson that tricksters often take the roles of a god or a being that helps create reasons as to why something happened and isn't necessarily doing so of good or evil reasons. Again, doing things on a complete whim. To summarize, a trickster is a character whose actions are done on a whim that has neither good or evil after effects, but still helps to progress a story. Out of the three stories I'll be introducing today, I'd like to first introduce the character of a trickster by analyzing the story, Coyote Kills the Giant. To give some background information on the story, Coyote Kills the Giant is a Navajo legend where Coyote plays a part as a powerful being in Navajo stories. Quoted from the article Coyote in Navajo Religion and Cosmology by Guy H. Cooper, he explains that, open quote, Coyote is a key figure in Navajo mythology, representing both good and evil, humans and gods, and of course animals, end quote. In Coyote Kills the Giant, he plays a role of a main character that helps to progress the story. There are a few main instances where Coyote shows evidence of being a trickster. The first instance starts near the beginning of the story that starts the whole plot line. Coyote, our main character, is simply wandering when the old woman, another being in Navajo legend, tells Coyote to not go any further down this path because there is this monstrous, dangerous giant down the road that will kill anyone that comes near it. Instead of turning around, Coyote quoting directly from the story here says, open quote, oh, 
Giants don't frighten me, said Coyote, who had never met one. I'll always kill them. I'll fight this one, too, and make an end of him. End quote. Shortly after in the story, it reads, On his way, he saw a large fallen branch that looked like a club. Picking it up, he said to himself, I'll hit the giant over the head with this. It's big enough and heavy enough to kill him. End quote. He then proceeds to continue journeying down this path towards the giant. Coyote did not necessarily have to continue down this path. He could have just easily turned around and walked down a different path. And even if he did bluff that he could or did kill a giant, he could have just easily lied and turned around and left. In a way, in this instance, Coyote starts portraying a sort of pride of wanting to prove that he could kill a dangerous giant. But another argument would be, why does he need to prove that he can kill a giant? In addition to this, he has no experience in killing a giant. But he just picks up a random stick to kill a giant? Wouldn't anyone who's going to go into something new try to be prepared so that they could succeed in their mission of any sorts? Coyote wasn't even in a rush for this whole gonna go kill a giant on a whim thing. But he still just kind of continued on. He did not give himself any chance to be like, hey, is there anything that I need to prepare to succeed in killing this so-called giant or any background for information of the giant's weakness? Another question would be, why did he pick up a stick? It's, it's assuming he did so on a whim and he was in a forest of some type. Couldn't he have picked up a rock instead? Maybe conjure some type of other weapon? Yet, even with the danger and the uncertainty, he continues on this journey in its assumption here to prove that he is strong enough to kill this giant. The story doesn't clearly say, and in this instance, just from analyzing his actions, he seems to be doing all of this journey and this mission as on a whim. Out of all the choices, he chose to kill a giant who is very dangerous, with no experience or reason for doing so. Later on, he accidentally gets trapped in the giant's stomach by accidentally mistaking the giant's mouth as a cave opening. He ends up meeting the victims in the, giant, in the giant's stomach and offers to save them on top of feeding them. It's at this point in the story that shocks me. Either Coyote is very resourceful, or he has decided to do everything randomly. First, his choice to save the people trapped in the giant's stomach is similar to an add-on to his original mission. He could have just easily left the victims of the giants in the stomach to die and kill the giant to be on his way. In a part of the story, it actually, one of the characters uh, say after Coyote asks, are you sick? Open quote, are you sick? He asked, no. They said, just starving to death. We're trapped inside the giant. End quote. He could have just easily have said, oh, okay. And continues on his way to kill the giant. However, he, out of not a clear reason, chose to save the victims. 
On top of feeding the victims of the giants by hacking off the meat of the supposed cave walls, which were the giant's stomach flesh to feed the victims, this is absolutely crazy to me. Coyote could have just been extremely resourceful in this context, but to see how far off the original mission of just killing the giant to save a bunch of, gi of the giant's victims when he again could have just made a different choice shows that Coyote is showing trickster traits of doing something on a whim and taking a sort of responsibility for his action. Well, sort of. It's kind of saying that his current action of saving the victims had no good or evil after effects. It just happened. Well, there can be an argument argument that maybe Coyote's character is just resourceful or having a role as a leader. His original goal, again, was not to save the people, but to kill the giant. Now, showcasing some of Coyote's leaderships of sorts near the end, when Coyote has successfully killed a giant, he and the rest of the victims start running out of the giant's stomach through his mouth. And one of the victims was a wood tick. Now, before the giant's mouth had closed, the wood tick was very close to actually perish from the giant's mouth collapsing on him. But Coyote decided to save the wood tick just in time. But sadly, the wood tick was slightly smushed. And while the wood tick had his own complaints, Coyote said, just be thankful that I saved you. Now, again, another argument here is Coyote could have just said, hey, there's just one, you know, accident. I don't need to save this tick. It, that could have just been a normal accident. Why did he go out of his way to save the tick? Was it his character? Was it his personality? There's a whole different argument that perhaps Coyote's personality or some of his traits of leadership responsibility could have played into part of his decisions of saving the wood tick. But my main argument of this story is his original goal was to just simply, after deciding on a whim, to kill the giant. During his mission to kill a giant, he picked up a stick, he saved the victims, he fed the victims, and he saved one of the victims, the wood tick, from death. That shows to me Coyote's actions helped not only to progress the story, but his actions were done on of a sort of whim. Introducing the second story, our second story is called The Thief, written by Maria Campbell. This story uses a sort of slang, which can be a bit hard to understand for anyone who is interested in reading the story afterwards. The story follows a woman recounting of an old story of a famous thief within her area, which introduces us to our next trickster, the thief. The thief's main role or character as a trickster is his thieving role. Correction, thieving skills. The woman explains that in their community, the thief causes chaos by stealing anything that he can get his hands on. The thief has no reason for doing so, 
but he has just decided to steal if he can steal anything. Because of his thieving skills, he eventually causes chaos and happiness between a t an elderly couple, one of them being a widow called Margaret and the other an old man called Gibo. They both love each other, but don't really know when to make their relationship official. Well, one night, Margaret invites Gibo to eat for dinner, and the thief interrupts, asking to be invited as well. Margaret, being kind, invites him to eat with them at dinner. Now knowing the thief's reputation, they watch him to make sure that he doesn't steal anything. And after they eat, the thief leaves seemingly having done nothing. However, when it's time for Gibo to leave, he notices his falcon hat that he has got from his grandma is gone. Under the suspicion that the thief took it when he left, Gibo is extremely sad. Noticing that it was too dark for Gibo to go home alone, Margaret invites him to stay over. Now, in this time era, it seems that if an unmarried man stays in an unmarried woman's house, it can cause rumors to spread and possibly ruin their reputation. Quoted from the story, open quotes, but then he can't stay with Margaret either, because in them days, people, they don't sleep with each other until they're married. Moving on to the next morning, Gibo, who is allowed to sleep on the floor, opens Margaret's door after hearing a knock. Well, there before him stands Margaret's grandson, Goosebar. You can kind of just imagine there, now, that there's a risk of their reputation being ruined, if Margaret's grandson, Goosebar, starts spreading the word throughout the neighborhood that his grandmother had a man over at her house. To prevent the situation from going wild, the whole situation has forced the two elderly to confess for their, their feelings for each other and eventually get married. As well, in the end, Gibo has gotten his hat back from the thief under the suspicion that the thief returned it because of how his hat was decorated and quoted, open quotes, Indian med medicine, end quote, which in a way scared the thief. Now, in the story, the thief, in his trickster role of stealing other people's items for no apparent reason than just to steal, has stolen Gibo's hat in a negative way, making a positive aftermath of allowing the two elderly people to get married. His actions, which was done on a whim, progressed the story, which allowed for a positive ending, but again, his actions have no reasons as to why it was done, only so on the reason that it was again just on a whim based on the thief's choice. Our next story is called The Complete Gentleman, written by Amos Tutula. Our trickster in this story is a monster whose original form is that of a human skull that borrows humans' body parts from other monsters to create a complete gentleman to later walk into town. By doing so, he entranced a woman who follows him into the forest and became trapped until a spiritual master saved her by coincidentally finding the way to save her at the right time by spying on the skull who concocted an antidote to save the woman. In the end, the woman marries the spiritualist who saved her, but there are so many questions about the character's actions. Why did the monster decide to go into town disguised as a human? What was the reason? Was it based on pure curiosity? 
Was it to entrance the humans to follow him into the forest to trap them? Was it based on pure vanity of him just being a human skull? The story never clearly states as to why the monster goes into the town seemingly on a daily basis. His routine seems to be of walking around the human town when the market is still open, and then near the end of the day, take the road back out of town near the forest to eventually walking into the forest to return the body parts before going back to his monster den. And we can see that he does it repeatedly when, in the story, the spiritualist is trying to figure out where the woman went after being asked by the woman's father to save her. His routine is still the same. And here I quote, Open quote, When I traveled with him a distance of about 12 miles away to that market, the gentleman left the really road on which we were traveling and branched into an endless forest and I was following him. But as I did not want to see him to see that I was following him, then I used one of my juju, which changed me into a lizard, and followed him. But after I had traveled with him a distance of about 25 miles away in this endless forest, he began to pull out all the parts of his body and return them to the owners and pay them. After I had traveled with him another 50 miles in this forest, then he reached his house and entered it. And quote. Why did the monster also allow for a way to save the woman, when in the beginning he refused to let the woman leave the forest after previously saying that she should have gone back to the town when she got the chance to? Quoted from the story, The complete gentleman did not allow her to return or go back to the, her town or her father again, and the complete gentleman said thus, I had told you not to follow me before we branch into this endless forest which belongs to only terrible and curious creatures. When I become a, a half-bodied and complete gentleman, you want to go back. Now that cannot be done. You have failed. Even you have never seen anything yet. Just follow me. End quote. But then he has a mysterious change in attitude when the woman has escaped by providing a way to save her. Quoted again from the story, he stood before two plants. Then he cut a single opposite leaf from the opposite plant. He held the leaf with his right hand, and he was saying thus, As this lady was taken from me, if this opposite leaf is not given to her to eat, she will not talk forever. After that, he threw the leaf down on the ground. Then he cut another single compound leaf with his left hand and said that if this single compound is not given to her to this lady to eat, the cow rye around her neck could not be loosened away forever, and it would be making a terrible noise forever. After he said so, he threw the leaf down at the same spot, then he jumped away. End quote. On a side note, I'm not gonna lie, I don't understand how he's able to have hands if he's just a skull. Was this, was this giving a antidote a way to trap the spiritualist? Why didn't the monster instead if he was going to trap the spiritualist, say, this leaf is going to kill her, is would make up a lie saying this leaf is actually going to save her, but would kill her. And why would he provide a way to save her if in the beginning his goal was to let her slowly die? Was it in the beginning to teach the humans a lesson of not following strangers into a forest? But even then, why does the monster take on that role to teach the humans? What does he get in return? Does he get anything in return? Or again, assumption-wise, 
just just from the story, the character showed of doing something or his actions on a whim. To summarize, while there are differences in the way each author presents their tricksters, they all have the similarities of having their characters follow traits of a trickster. A trickster in a story is a character that does something on a whim with having an unknown or unforeseen bad or good intentions. I hope that the listeners learned a little something about the role of a trickster in the context of indigenous stories. And thank you so much for listening and goodbye.